today on the Dental Experience Podcast. You know, I'm a big believer in being open, honest, and transparent about numbers and about how much things cost. And I think that the more we are open, honest, and transparent with our patients, the bigger trust level that we uh, incur with our patients. This. This. This is the Dental Experience Podcast. Here's your host, Ryan Vett. Welcome to another episode of the Dental Experience Podcast. I'm excited to have a, a good friend with me, Dana Johnson, who is the CEO and founder of Novoni, and she's also a certified dentrix trainer of over 15 years. She and her husband, Kevin, are our good friends of my family. They actually met my firstborn son when he was five weeks old at a winery in Napa. We were able to, to share a tasting together, uh, but they're great friends. So Dana, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. And you know, you're five, what was it, five week old? Five weeks. He we was, don't know what we were thinking. He was, he was so good, though. You know, he just, you just rocked him to sleep the whole time we were wine tasting. It was, it worked out perfectly. It is perfect. Hey, I would say if, if you do have a, a young child, that five to 12 week time is great to travel. They just completely sleep. After that, uh, yeah. it's a little bit challenging. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But as we look at 2022, uh, revenue cycle management and looking at numbers and understanding the numbers of your practice and understanding your systems and how to get those numbers and interpret them and do that as a team are all very important things as we kind of look forward to what will hopefully be a very productive year for practices. And that's what you specialized in throughout your career and you're really focusing on as we get into 2022. So could you share a little bit about your background? What excites you about dentistry and, and we can go from there. Absolutely. You know, I love dentistry. It's just amazing career. And and I am kind of a numbers girl. You know, I'm a numbers geek. And, you know, because numbers tell a story and they numbers give us information that we can celebrate. And, you know, numbers give us a time to celebrate our practice successes and numbers give us things that we need to tweak our system. And so numbers are so critical in the practice. And, you know, I'm excited about to talk about the numbers that revolve around like revenue cycle management, because I'm so surprised at how often the doctors don't even know how much money they have sitting on the book. It mm. just amazes me that they don't even know what their accounts receivable is. And, and so I really want to focus this first part of 2022 and talk about the revenue that's sitting on the books and the practice and how we can really rally together as a team and, and, you know, get that money in the, in the, in the bank account. Absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about revenue cycle management. We've got listeners that are office managers. We've got listeners that are dentists. We've got listeners that are in the industry. Could you talk a little bit about revenue cycle management, what it is and how to know if you know that you're paying attention to it, if that question makes sense? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, you definitely want to be keeping your thumb on the pulse of your accounts receivable because, you know, if you, you could produce all day long, but if you're not collecting what you're producing, then, you know, you're not able to make payroll, you're pulling money from savings. You know, the very first practice I worked in, well, actually, no, the second practice I worked in, the first interview I went into, I remember the office manager, which was the doctor's wife. At the end of our interview, she said, oh, and by the way, uh, the doctor hasn't received a paycheck in over four months. Wow. And I know. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, no pressure, right? And so it was really, you know, 20, 25 years ago where I really started to understand how important 
revenue and collections was in the practice because everything revolves around collections. And over the, the 15, 20 years that I've been teaching practices, it is a team sport. Everyone on the team is part of the collection process, whether you're a dental assistant or whether you're the doctor, you know, everybody can participate in the collection process because one thing that we do want to remember is that the, your money is worth more today than it is even 30 days from now. And so one thing that I really stress with my practices is collecting the patient portion on the day of service. And, and because when you look at practice profitability, uh, your money is worth more today than it is, you know, 30, 60, 90 days from now. And so everybody on the team to be participating in that collecting of the patient portion on the day of service because it just helps the practice be more profitable. And, you know, when the practice is more profitable, then the team gets raises, you know, the team gets 401k benefits, the team gets medical benefits, you know, the team gets uh, team retreats or CE. And so however we can make the practice more profitable, which is collecting more on the day of service, everybody on the team wins. That's a win-win for everybody. That's great. I, I love the basic economic principle of money today is more valuable than money in the future because you have it. You can do Definitely. with it what you want. It's the old proverb, you know, bird in the hands worth two in the bush. And I think a lot of people, uh, it, it's a very personable industry and a lot of people like doing favors or extending uh, special benefits or privileges. But at, at the end of the day, your your office, your practice is your business. And it's important to treat people well, of course, but also have best practices in place and not go, forego a paycheck for four months. Absolutely. Yes. And it's all, it, like you said, it's all about the systems. You know, it, it starts with the first phone call. You know, it starts with the very first relationship that you build with a patient when you're talking to them on the phone. And you know, I'm a big believer in being open, honest, and transparent about, about numbers and about how much things cost. And I think that the more we are open, honest, and transparent with our patients, the bigger trust level that we uh, incur with our patients. And if you have that trust with your patients, they don't, they don't have a problem with writing you a check or getting you their credit card because they trust you and, and you're not you're not uh, hiding anything, you know, and you have to be proud of what your fees are. And also it starts with the first phone call, just uh, training patient behavior in what your expectations are in your practice. And, you know, so when the patient comes in for their first visit or they come in for treatment, they already understand what's expected of them. And there's no questions. Um, there's no awkward conversations, very natural. It's very, um, systematic and and there's just no it, there's no underlying weird conversations you know so training patient behavior from that first phone call giving the patient uh, a very understandable treatment plan so that they understand what their out of pocket is going to be and then asking for payment when they walk in the door you know it's uh, some people really don't like to ask for money. But when patients already expect what to what to bring in, then it's very easy, you know, to to ask for what their out of pocket is for that day. Yeah, I love to connect the dental practice to the coffee shops uh, and wine bars that I own because the the numbers are very similar in, in there. 
And one of the things I, I say is when someone comes in to buy a cup of coffee from one of the coffee shops I own, they're planning on paying for that cup of coffee. When a patient walks into yeah. your practice, they are expecting to pay. They, they're not expecting a handout. But I, I feel like in dentistry, there's this, this awkward conversation or this barrier, or this wall. For some reason, we're not. And obviously, it's more than a, a $2.50 cup of coffee that uh, you're usually encountering in a practice. But still, the person's walking through that door understanding that they're there to receive a service. How, what tips or advice do you have? You're, you're, you keep talking about it being a team sport, and I love that. It's everyone's responsibility. Yeah. Uh, what yeah. what tips or advice do you have to help someone break that ice and um, gain more confidence? Because usually it's a it actually is a personal uh, thing to overcome that, not not so much the patient's issue to overcome that. Yeah, I think um, I I do like for uh, dental teams to have that morning huddle, that morning meeting where they are discussing, you know, okay, Ryan's coming in today for his crown, you know, his out of pocket is going to be five hundred dollars. You know, if we're if someone on the admin team or somebody at the front desk is not available, that dental assistant can, you know, walk the patient up and say, oh, you know, it looks like Dane is on the phone right now with another patient. I'm going to go ahead. It looks like you're out of pocket for today was estimated at 500. Let's go ahead and take care of that today. Um, so, you know, if the patient already knows, team's already been informed, you know, it's on. It's, we've already talked about it at the morning huddle. Then it's really it's really super easy to talk about and and it is sometimes it is hard to take the emotion out of it but when the dental assistant knows that the the financial coordinator or the treatment coordinator has already had that conversation with the patient then it's relatively easy because she's just the messenger and she just maybe has to take the credit card and you know I was in an office once up in Washington State and they had a massive collection problem and. And so we had a team meeting and one of the things that we did during that team meeting was we had a little credit card training. Um, you know, I even taught the doctor how to use the credit card machine. So I think that even doctors can collect money and, you know, because as long as the patient expectation is already there and there's no awkward conversation, it's basically like you said in the coffee shop, you know, you're out of pocket today. For your crown, Ryan, it looks like estimated at 500. Um, would you like to put that on a credit card or would you like to write a check? It's not, would you like to pay that today? It's how would you like to pay that? <laughs> That's so good. And you, you've hit on so many things. I'm going to try to recap all of them, but I'm going to work backwards. <laughs> the first one is the idea of options. Now, now Braden is two. And so he, he likes to see all the options for everything. He says more options, oh. um, but it's oh, interesting. Wow. It's not, you know, do you want to go to bed? It's you know, do you want to brush your teeth first or go to bed now? Um, we actually always brush his teeth first. So that was not a good example of the options. My wife's a dentist, so of course we're going to brush his teeth. But, uh, you know, always comparing <laughs> those options. It's not, do you want to pay today or later? It's how are you going to pay? Are you going to pay with a credit card or, you know, in quarters? Hopefully not quarters. <laughs> there is a shortage, so that could be very valuable. So that was one of the things that you brought. And then the other thing that you've said a lot is this idea of trust. And it's this idea that yeah. actually has to do with all the team members and the team members need to have consistent messaging, even if they're not the one doing the, the quote unquote sale or the collection of money, everyone should be able to feel comfortable having that conversation. You mentioned the huddles is a great way to do that. What are, ha have you seen any activities or when you've gone into uh, an office, have you seen any ways to kind of help some of those people less confident uh, in the office that don't like to talk about money? Are there any tips or tricks um, other than, hey, go talk to so-and-so, they'll, they'll deal with it. I think, you know, the thing that you have to try and get over a lot of times is to understand like the team member 
really needs to grasp the idea that collecting money affects them personally. And for me to to not to let a patient walk out the door without paying their copay today could affect my future paycheck or my future 401k benefit. So I think maybe if they tie, a lot of times team members have to understand what's in it for me. And so when it comes to collections and clinical team members don't want to talk about money, you know, because they're like, it's not my job, you know, I'm not good at that. But when we think about, okay, what's in it for me, then maybe they can overcome some of those verbal skills because like we said, profitability of your practice means that when you collect money today, it, it, it makes your practice more profitable. And for me as a dental assistant, that could affect my raise or it could affect my CE or, or something like that. And I think also um, the people that are really good at talking about money, they could also create, you know, have some verbal skills training and, and really start to um, develop those, um, those habits, those scripted questions. It doesn't have to be hard. You know, it could be as simple as it looks like Dana had estimated your out-of-pocket today, Ryan, at 500. Would you like to put that on a credit card or write a check today? And it could just be that simple sentence. And, and then the patient is going to dig through their wallet and hand you a credit card. And so I just think that learning some, having some scripted verbal skills is very helpful for people that are not comfortable or don't talk about money very often. And then also, you know, just the concept that collections affects me personally as a team member when I go to ask for that, that raise that, you know, it depends on the profitability of the practice if I'm going to get it um, and if it's available. So. I think those kind, those two tips can be helpful. That's so good. The what's in it for me question is something for all leaders and managers, um, whether you're an office manager or practice owner, understanding how to relate that to a team member who might have a different understanding of finances. And, you know, when they see a, a large number for a crown, for example, uh, come in, that, that seems like a, a large number. And they're like, oh, the, the office is making all this money. Well, the reality is if you're not collecting that or all the lab fees and everything else, that there's not a comprehension. So being able to relate that in a way or describe that in a way that's relatable, I think is is very important. Now, normally this is the time of the show, Dana, where, where we'd go to a commercial break to thank our sponsors, but you are our, our sponsor for this season. So I, I want to thank you on air personally for, for sponsoring this season um, of the Dental Experience Podcast. Well, I appreciate it. I mean, what better way to, you know, give our dental industry some amazing content, you know, with all different topics. And I'm just, um, honored to be a part of it. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. Now, one of the things uh, that's important is you have to know your numbers first to know if that you're yeah, doing well yeah. or if you have a problem. And I am shocked um, with businesses across industries and a lot of the time in dental, people just aren't aware of their numbers. So what, yeah. what are some of those KPIs or key performance indicators or, or metrics or dashboards that you highly recommend that you would say, hey, if you're not looking at this daily as a practice, you know, you, you, there's definitely holes somewhere. You know, I've always been a big advocate for sharing numbers with the team. Um, you know, a lot of doctors really hesitate at that because they do have this fear of, oh, my team's going to see, you know, that we're, we're making all this money. Well, your team 
can help you, you know, build that success. And, and the more open you are with numbers, the more the team feels this, this ownership, you know, they feel like a stakeholder in your practice and, and they really put in a lot of, you know, personal effort into making those numbers as, as good as they can be. So looking at daily numbers, you know, I think I do like to track my production on a daily basis. I want to see, you know, am I on track to meet that, that daily or monthly production goal? And that's something that should be discussed in the morning huddle. You know, are our hygienists on track to meet goal for today? Is there any same day services we can provide if we're not at goal? And so, you know, daily, you definitely want to look at, um, you know, are you on track to meet your collection number for, for the day, for the month? And so those kinds of things you can track, you know, in your practice management software, you can enter your goals, track your goals on a daily basis. And then on a monthly basis, you know, I love to have team numbers meeting where we're actually looking at the whole month as a whole. Are we on track for the year? Um, so some of those really key, key performance indicators that I really like to look at is number one, I like to look at net production per day. I want to see you know, I don't care about my gross production. I want to know what's collectible. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so a lot of my practices are, you know, posting out gross production, but they're participating in 30 PPO plans. So you need to knock off like 30% of that gross production because it's not collectible. So I want to see what's my net production per day. And then I want to see what is my accounts receivable. Collections is important, but what do I have sitting on the books? And what do I have sitting on the books that's over 60 days past due, you know, because, or even 30 days past due, because I want to see what my accounts receivable is, you know, and that accounts receivable really should be somewhere between a 0.5 to a 1.5 ratio compared to my, my practice production. And so that's, that's like number two. And then uh, I do want to see what's my patient retention. I want to see, am I retaining my patients on a regular basis? I was teaching a course to a, a room full of doctors and, you know, they were wondering, well, new patients are, are the most important. You really should be tracking new patients. And I like new patients are important. Yes. I agree with you because you will have natural attrition in your practice. Patients will die, patients will leave, but it's really your patient retention number that is going to drive your doctor's production. It's really going to drive your, I mean, that's your bread and butter is your patient, your existing patients. So I really want, I want to track patient retention. It should be, at, it should be over 85%. The highest I've ever seen patient retention is 94%. Wow. Um, yeah, it was really great. And then the lowest I've ever seen it was 66. So, you know, there's big range there. That is a, a pretty significant range. And I'm glad you hit on yeah. the, uh, the new patient number because I hear that so much. I had this many new patients. I'm like, great. How many came back? And uh, yeah, I, I think exactly. For whatever reason, people, a lot of practices have been led astray to think that that new patient number is the most important number, but they bring you money once maybe, and, and that's it. Um, but the ADA right yeah. now is saying the lifetime value, annual lifetime value of a patient is $654 uh, for a, a general practice. Okay. 
Um, and obviously that's not every patient, but that's, that's the median average that they've posted for this year. So that, I mean, that's a pretty significant number if they come back. Yes. If they come back and, you know, it's like, you know, how wide open is your back door? You know, right. how many patients are walk, walking out the door that you don't even know about. And so that's really important. I talk about patient retention and, and how to keep that patient retention number as high as possible. You know, I teach that continuing care is the lifeblood of your practice. And mm -hmm. if you don't have systems revolving around your continuing care system, then you are missing the boat. Absolutely. Well, as we, we wrap up our time together, I want to go back to this idea of trust and being a team. Uh, it's how you started the conversation. You've sprinkled it in throughout. I think both of those are, are such critical elements. Uh, but you mentioned the, the practice owner trusting the team with the numbers. And I think that is a, an important first step. You know, if, you, if your house isn't clean, you can't uh, clean someone else's house type thing. Um, and, and I think yeah. that's, that's very true here. You've got to trust your team with your numbers. And that can be a hard thing to overcome. But if they feel like they're involved, use the word stakeholder, if they feel like they're a stakeholder, uh, they're, they're going to trust the practice and they're going to want to do more to see that number grow. Everyone likes to see a number grow up and to the right. Um, even if the number is bigger than any number that they've seen before or are used to, to dealing with, people as a whole like to mm -hmm. be part of something successful and something growing. And, and so uh, any, any last minute tips on establishing trust either inside the team or uh, from that first phone call with the practice to the time you're walking someone out? Yeah, I just think that, you know, as a team, I like to use sports analogies a lot, you know, and I always talk about, you know, that, that Super Bowl where the Patriots were down with the Atlanta Falcons and, and, you know, they were behind in the third quarter and they rallied to win that game. And, and if, if the team doesn't know the score, uh, if the, if the team doesn't know what they're working towards, if they don't know, you know, what those goals are, then how can you expect them to perform at a higher level if they don't even know what the score is or what they're trying to achieve? And, you know, I, I just think that having those goals and, and what are we working towards is important because you, you, people do want incentives. People do want that carrot dangled in front of their face because it gives them something to strive for. You know, um, I read your book, Cracking the Millennial Code. I love that book. Oh my gosh. Thank you. And, you know, now that millennials have overtaken the population in the, in the U.S., it's so important that we get, that we have those, those gratifications, those instant mm -hmm. uh, ways that we can um, have that, that fulfillment, you know, and, and people want to know that they are fulfilling something important. And I think that that is, uh, I think that's critical with, with team for sure. That's great, Dana. Thank you so much for that. And just making sure everyone's marching to be the same drum and feeling like a part of the team uh, helps collect money at the end of the day. It's a it's a win win situation all around. People are happier, uh, and everyone's getting paid hopefully on time. Uh, so I love that. Well, Dana, in, in our last minute or two together, do you have any closing remarks, thoughts, or in a way people can get in touch with you and find out more about uh, what you do? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, if you do follow me, um, you the best place to go is my website, uh, Navoni.com, and if you click on our media page then you'll find all of our free content, lots of blog posts, lots of videos, lots of podcasts, um, and, you know, lots of 
information and content for not only Dentrix users, but also um, if you're in the dental industry, you know, we do, we do interviews with dental industry experts and uh, we have lots of great information, um, even if you're not a Dentrix user, even though we do, we do uh, specialize in, in Dentrix practice management software and, and we're an expert in that area, but uh, definitely check out our media page because there's lots of great information there. Awesome. Well, Dana, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure getting to chat with you. And I look forward to uh, seeing you soon on the road somewhere exciting uh, across the country at a a major dental meeting. Uh, So definitely, uh, if you haven't heard Dana speak, go ahead and uh, check her out and check her speaking speaking schedule out because she's at at most shows, I would say, most major shows. So, uh, well, Dana, it's always great. Uh, Thank you for your time. And everyone, I thank you for listening to the Dental Experience Podcast. We always strive for five. So if you like today's episode, be sure to go ahead in the comments and leave a, a review. Also, if you know someone that could really hear about revenue cycle management and how important it is as we go further into 2022, be sure to forward this episode along with Dana Johnson. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to the Dental Experience Podcast. For show notes, to ask a question, or for more information, visit www.thedentalpodcast.com. The ideas discussed during this episode are the opinions of the participants and do not serve as legal, financial, or clinical advice. Until next time, this is the Dental Experience Podcast.